Hey, and welcome to this podcast by Chestnut Mountain Church, located in Flowery Branch, Georgia, where our mission is to saturate the world by making disciples. We invite you to check out our website at chestnutmountain.org and follow us on social on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at chestnutmtn underscore to learn more about who we are. There are also video episodes located on our YouTube channel, along with other content not on this podcast. This episode features a sermon replay from Sunday's message. Let's take a listen. Hey, I want us to go ahead today. I was telling Pastor Greg just a moment ago, I don't know if I'm so wound up with caffeine or it's the Holy Spirit, but we're about to find out. Um, I've never been more excited about a message that God has placed on our heart today than I am because it's all about the faithfulness of God. Everything that we just sung about is what you're gonna hear about today. You know, it's obvious that we've entered into a a new year and and I don't know about you, but I get a little bit kind of frustrated with all the New Year's resolutions. Do y'all, I mean, am I the only one that looks, oh God, just get over it. Let's just keep plowing forward. Let's just keep plowing forward because we all know that we make a commitment and then it lasts approximately nine to 10 days and then it's over. And then we wait for 2024 to roll around and do the same thing again. And so before we talk about where we're headed, before we're talking about where we're going to be going in 2023, yes, I'm excited about it. But today and over the next several weeks, I want us to slow down just a little bit before we start making a bunch of plans. Today, we're gonna start a series that's entitled From Start to Finish. Start to Finish is where we're gonna be going over probably the next five weeks. And we've picked one chapter in God's word to walk through, and it's gonna be in Joshua chapter 24. So I want you to go ahead in your Bibles and turn to Joshua chapter 24. And like I said, in this series, this is the only chapter we're gonna be looking at. Of course, we're gonna bounce a couple of other places, but we're gonna look at one chapter from the book of Joshua as we get ready to prepare for what God has for us as a church in 2023. Just to give you a very, very brief overview of of who Joshua is, many of you know that Joshua was the one that has taken on the baton from Moses Joshua was a servant of God. He was faithful to God, but we see ultimately what he's doing is he's finishing the work that Moses set out to do. And in Numbers chapter 27, verses 22 and 23, we see where Moses is being obedient and passing that baton along. It says, Moses did just as the Lord commanded him. And he took Joshua and he set him before Eleazar and in priest and before all of the congregation. Then he laid his hands on him and he commissioned him just as the Lord had spoken through Moses. And so in the life of Joshua, well, what we see is we see that through battles, through frustrations and through victories, he remained as an obedient, faithful servant of God. He was obedient to his calling. He was obedient to the instruction that God had given him by the way of Moses. And so in Joshua chapter 24, what we're What we're entering into is Joshua's, what many would call sort of his farewell letter. This is his last sermon to the children of Israel is what a lot of pastors would call this. 
And what we're going to see is that right before he passes away, he's giving them their final instruction. And so I don't know about, I could have stopped just by reading through Joshua chapter 24 and just be so humbled by the fact of, of what Joshua was doing. Because what we know is that Joshua was 110 years old when he passed away. And what we recognize immediately is that Joshua was still coaching. Joshua was still leading at 110 years old. He was faithful to what God had called him to do. And so I had to sit and I had to think about my own life. When I enter into my last days, am I gonna be found like Joshua? Am I gonna continue to be coaching the way that Joshua was still coaching as he entered into his 110th year? Will we be faithful through the duration of the time that God gives us here on this earth? And that's a question that you have to answer. That's a question that I have to answer for myself. But will we still be faithful in our last years? So I want you to look in Joshua chapter 24. And we're gonna start just by reading verse one. It says, then Joshua gathered all of the tribes of Israel to Shechem. I want you to underline, highlight, circle the word Shechem. It's very, very important. And he called for the elders of Israel and for the heads and for the judges and all their officers. And they presented themselves before God. Now what we see here is that Joshua is, is calling for everybody to gather. And the way I read that, he's pretty much calling anybody that will be in his presence to listen. He says, hey, come here. I've got a message that I've got to tell you before my time here is done. But what is important is the location in which Joshua calls the children of Israel together. He calls them to the place called Shechem. Now, why this is very important is because this place called Shechem would have been very, very, very important to the children of Israel. It would have been very monumental to the children of Israel simply because of everything that had taken place at Shechem. Joshua's journey began here. Jacob built an altar there. This is the location in which that Abraham was promised the land that the children of Israel would be given. This is the place where the children of Israel would, would reaffirm their, their covenant with God. So, so many things have happened at this place called Shechem that when they would enter into this place called Shechem, many of the scholars believed that they would have immediately gone to a place of awe and reverence, recognizing, hey, this is holy ground. This is where God has moved. This is where God has performed miracles. This is where God has, has called people. This is where God has done a marvelous work. And when I think about that phrase, that, that entering into this holy ground, I, I go back to my young teenage years and I can remember in Mount Vernon Baptist Church and I can remember as myself and as our congregation would stand and sing the song, Holy Ground. How many of you remember that old song, Holy Ground? Can you agree with me in that when that song would be sung, that you couldn't help but to be taken to a place of of awe and reverence. And I can remember even as a young teenager, 13, 14, 15 years old, I would hear as I walked through the door, I felt his presence. And I knew that this is the place that love abounds. 
For this is the temple Jehovah God abides in. And we are standing in his presence on holy ground. And then it says, if every person in the room, it didn't matter if they could sing or not, they belted the chorus to the top of their lungs. We are standing on holy ground. And I know that there are angels all around. So let us praise Jesus now because we are standing in his presence on holy ground. And I can remember if sitting in Mount Vernon Baptist Church, and this is how small it was. Y'all remember the old churches where the, the pews were facing the pulpit, but then on the sides, there were those that were turned at the angle facing the altar. Did you, any of y'all ever go to those churches? And I can remember this was the youth section. We sat on the far right side and we would sit looking at the altar. The pulpit was right here. And I can remember as a 14 and 15 year old boy hearing this song and completely being in awe as I would look at that altar at Mount Vernon Baptist Church and I would get overwhelmed with thinking of all that God had done there, of the lives that had been changed, the people who had been saved, the marriages who had been reconciled, the men who had been called into ministry. And I can remember just staring at it, just being in awe of going, of all the work God has done here. And it would take my heart to such a place of humility. And I believe with everything in me, that's the picture that Joshua was wanting to paint to the children of Israel. is as they were entering into this place of called Shechem, I believe he was wanting their hearts to be geared in such a way where they approached it in that we are entering a place of holy ground. And as I think about this place called Shechem, I think what he's trying to do is he's trying to get them to revisit in their heart their place called Shechem. There's no doubt in my mind that every single person in this room, whether you're a believer or not, you all have a Shechem. Everybody in here has a Shechem. You all have a place where you've seen God move, where you've experienced God, where God has shown you something that he wants you to be a part of. And if you think of that place, if you think of that moment in time, I believe it postures our heart in a place of, of overwhelming humility. If I remember what it was like when God called. Not to mention the day that, that God invited you to be one of his children. That place of Shechem where the presence of God moved in your life where the presence of God moved in your heart. The place where God saved you. And when you think about those places, when your, your wheels start turning, I believe it humbles us. I believe it creates something in us that, that we just wanna go back there. And many of those places are not even around anymore. I drive by Mount Vernon Baptist Church and that, that little church building is no longer there. 
But every time I pass it, I can't drive down Mount Vernon Road without remembering all the work that God did in that location. You know, I laughed the other day as, as I was studying last Tuesday. I have to take what I call brain breaks because I'll read and I'll read and I'll write and I'll write and I'll study and I'll study to my point my brain hurts. Doesn't take very long. And so a lot of times I'll listen to music or I'll do something to just sort of unplug my mind. And, and there's a country song out right now that, that me and my kids will play in my truck that we will scream to the top of our lungs. Every one of us are country music stars. But there's a song that many of you may know, you may not know. But it's a song that, that Larry Fleet had written and he sings it with, um, oh my gosh, my mind just went blank, Morgan Wallen. And he talks about where I find God. And so I'm in my camper and I'm listening to that song and I just start belting it to the top of my lungs. And then all of a sudden it gets to the, the point of the song where he starts singing about the chorus. And if you've listened to the song, I would encourage you to listen to the song because at the very beginning, he talks about the fact that he's hit rock bottom and he's sitting on a bar stool. And all of a sudden, he says that even though I wasn't worth saving, he saved me anyway. That's a lot of our story. But then he goes on to say that from a bar stool to an Evinrude, that's a boat, by the way. He's fishing with his dad. He talks about that. From a bar stool to an Evinrude, from a Sunday morning church pew, in a deer stand, can I get an amen? Hallelujah, praise God. In a deer stand or a hayfield on an interstate back to Nashville, in a Chevrolet with the windows down, me and him just riding around. Sometimes, whether I'm looking him, looking for him or not, that's where I find God. And I laugh because I said, all that Larry Fleet is singing about is this Shechem. All he's talking about is all the places that he remembers that God has done a miraculous work in his life. And as we sing about those things, as we talk about and think about those things, I wonder how many Shechems do we have? How many places that we can go back to that we can be reminded of what we just sang about, God's faithfulness, the places that God showed up when we didn't expect him to, the places that we've experienced, God, when we thought we were at rock bottom. And so I wanna do something very awkward this morning. We're gonna sing Where I Found God. I'm just kidding, we're not. Larry Fleet's here, my friends, if y'all give him a hand, I'm just kidding. But what I want you to do in just a moment is I want us to take literally 30 seconds and I want you to close your eyes, not yet, but I want you to think about your Shechem. I want you to be reminded of the places that you've been overwhelmed by the presence of God and I look around this room and I see the, the faithful servants of God that have, have been at this church for some 50 years. For many of you, this is your Shechem. 
Don't ever get over your Shechem. But maybe your Shechem is, maybe it's in a hospital room. Maybe it's in a deer stand. Or maybe for me, it's under your desk, facing on your face before the Lord. But I want you to bow your head. I want you to close your eyes. And for 30 seconds, it's gonna be eerily silent in this room. But all I want you to do is to go to your Shechem. Go to the place where you've experienced the Lord. Do you feel his presence? Are you reminded of his faithfulness? Are you reminded of his goodness? And there's no doubt for many of you as you revisit your place of Shechem, whether it be a literal place or whether it be a place and a season in your life, for some of us, you're probably brought to tears because there's such a comfort. There's such a reverence, there's such an awe of what God has done in your life at that place. But as Joshua continues on, you can all open your eyes now. As if that wasn't enough entering into this place of Shechem, Joshua goes on to give them a little bit more specifics helping remind them of God's faithfulness. I want you to look in Joshua 24, verse two. Joshua said to all the people, thus says the Lord God of Israel. If they didn't know they were in the presence of God, all the flashers are going off now. Because as Joshua stands to proclaim what he's about to share, he says and announces, thus saith the Lord. What the people were very quick to understand is this is not a message from a man named Joshua. This message that we're about to hear is from Yahweh. This message that we're about to hear is from God Almighty. And so if they didn't have their attention already, they did at this point when Joshua says, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel. And so what Joshua is going to spend the next 10 to 11 verses doing is, is communicating this message from the Lord. And God's message was simply going to remind them of, of several different things. What you're going to see in verses 2 through 4 is you're going to see what he did in Abraham's life. You're going to see what he did in Moses' life in verses 5 through 10. And then you're going to see what he's done and what he's going to continue to do in Joshua's life and Verses 11 through 13. Now, if you read just those verses that I mentioned, there is, there's so many miracles. There's such a movement of God in these passages that, that we honestly don't have the time today to go through each and every one of them. But there's just a few things that I wanna highlight from these stories that, that I believe that will 
tug at the hearts of all of us in this room. And not only take us back to those, that literal place of Shechem, but it'll take us back to a place where we're reminded of God's faithfulness. Maybe we're reminded of a season in our life when we thought we'd had no hope. But verses two and three, I'll start over where I begin. It says, Joshua said to all the people, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, from ancient times, your fathers lived beyond the river. Now living beyond the river, that would be the river Euphrates. That is very important for you to understand in just a moment. Namely, Terah, the father of Abraham and the father of Nahor. And they served other gods, little g. Verse three, then I took your father Abraham from beyond the river, the river Euphrates. I took him from beyond the river and I led him through all the land of Canaan and I multiplied his descendants and I gave him Isaac. Now what I want us to focus on is the fact that God reminds the children of Israel that I took your father Abraham from beyond the river. Now, why this is so important, you heard it mentioned a moment ago, Terah is who we know as Abraham's father. What the other side of the Euphrates River was known for was, was idolatry, was idol worship. And so as a father is supposed to, he was bringing up his child under his leadership, under his guidance. And so Terah would have been teaching Abraham a lifestyle of idolatry. He would have been teaching Abraham a lifestyle of ungodliness. He would have been teaching Abraham a life of worldliness. And so what God is telling the children of Israel, he says, while your father Abraham was on the other side of the river, over across the Euphrates, ate up with idolatry, ate up with a world of, of worldliness, of pleasures, what I did as his father, what I did as God, is I rescued him from this lifestyle and I brought him over. And so what we hear in that is what God wants, I think, all of us to understand. He wants us to realize that he is the one who snatched Abraham from this lifestyle. He rescued him. He redeemed him. And now he's going to use him. I wonder how many of you in this room that that's your story. What family did God pull you from? What lifestyle, what, what broken home, what addictions, what habits, what lifestyle were you being taught and raised under that were not satisfying unto the Lord? And because of the loving heart of our Father God, he rescued from that. And he said, I'm going to rescue you. I'm going to redeem you. And I'm going to use you to change the trajectory of your home to change the trajectory of your family. That's what I've chosen you for. I have snatched you from a life of idolatry. I've snatched you from a life of worldliness and I've placed you on this side of the river because I'm gonna let you be the one that through my power is gonna change things. How many of you can relate to that story of Abraham that the fact that you're here is nothing but a miracle of God. Maybe you didn't grow up in the ideal home. You know, just a several weeks ago, we had an opportunity, some of our staff to, to love on four foster children. 
that are from the ages of 14 and over. And what is so heartbreaking because of their age, nobody wants them. And so if we're not careful, if we're not obedient as the church, if we're not obedient as followers of Christ, the trajectory of their life will not change. But it's our job to love them right where they're at. To be the vessels. No, we can't snatch them from anything, but we can love them from it. And I believe with everything in me, these Four young teenagers that we had an opportunity to spend time with. These are the very four that God wants to use to change the trajectory of their family. And for many of you, that's your story. God snatched you from something and he placed you on the other side of the river and says, my child, I'm gonna use you to change everything. And you're here today to be reminded that God is faithful. That God is faithful. So let's look on at what he does in the life of Moses. He says, then I sent Moses, this is in verse five, then I sent Moses and Aaron and I plagued Egypt by what I did in the midst. And afterwards, I brought you out. I brought your fathers out of Egypt and you came to the sea and Egypt pursued your fathers with chariots and with horsemen to the Red Sea. And so we all know the story that the children of Israel were delivered from under the bondage of Pharaoh and as they were leaving Egypt, they were now being pursued by the Egyptians and now all of a sudden they came to this place called the Red Sea. They came to the place of the impossible. And if you remember how the story goes, this is one of the most famous events in all of the Bible, but as they're standing on the side of the Red Sea, they were faced with what they thought was an impossible situation. And in their mind, they start yelling at God, there's no way out. God, why did you bring us out here to die? God, why are we here? We can't get through this. There's no way out. They cried out, they screamed, they yelled, everything. But then all of a sudden, God is in, in his faithfulness. Exodus chapter 14, verses 21 through 22. Just read it on the screen. It says, Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord swept the sweet sea back by a strong east wind, and all night he turned the sea into, you need to highlight, underline, dry land. So the waters were divided. The sons of Israel went through the midst of the sea, there it is again, on dry land. And the waters were like a wall to them to the right and to their left. You see, I emphasize that phrase, dry land, because the God I serve doesn't halfway do anything. The God I serve doesn't halfway do anything. How many of you have faced that Red Sea moment in your life. You were standing on the brink of what you thought was impossible. Maybe it was the fact that a bill couldn't be paid. Maybe it was the fact that there was no hope for your marriage. 
Maybe it was the fact that there was no physical healing in sight. Maybe it was the fact that you've been fighting or, or praying for someone's salvation or you had been trying to reconcile with someone and in your mind, there's no hope. But you think back and in that no hope moment, in that hopelessness, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the God of the impossible parted the Red Sea and you crossed over on dry land. Not muddy land, not swampy land, but you crossed over on dry land because God doesn't halfway do anything. He will always finish what he starts. Maybe you walked out there to the mailbox and there was that check that came from nowhere. Or maybe you got that phone call from the place of debt and it said debt. Paid in full. Or maybe the test results came back from the doctor. And I always love it when the doctors say, we can't explain this. I'm always like, oh, 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 but I can. How many times all of a sudden when you'd given up on that child. And that child trusts in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Can you go back to the place that you had thought there's no way this child would ever love me again? And all of a sudden, the Red Sea is parted and you cross on dry land. The God of the impossible. The God of the impossible. I want us to lastly look at what he's done in the life of Joshua. And I'll go ahead and tell you, I'm gonna try not to get wound up right here, but it may not happen. I may take my shoes off and run, I don't know. I'll pull a hamstring, I'm sure. But what I want you to do as we read this in just a moment, as we read just the verses 11 through 13, I want you to, to circle and underline a few things, and, you, and you'll understand why in just a minute. But in verses 11 through 13, God goes on to say this through Joshua. He says, you crossed. I want you to underline, I want you to circle, I want you to highlight, you crossed. He's addressing the children of Israel. He's addressing his chosen children. He says, you crossed the Jordan and came into Jericho, and the citizens of Jericho fought against you, and the Amorites, and the Perizzites, and the Canaanites, and the Hittites, and the Girgashites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites. I don't know what all the sites were. But then he says, thus I gave them into your hand. I want you to circle or underline, highlight the word I. Verse 12, then I, there it is again, then I sent the hornet before you and you drove out the two kings of the Amorites from before you, but not by your sword or by your bow. Verse 13, here we are again. I gave you a land on which you had not labored and cities which you had not built and you have lived in them. You are eating of their vineyards and their olive groves, which you did not plant. What we're gonna see in verses 11 through 13 is the very thing that God Almighty, that Yahweh will do with a heart of obedience. 
There's a lot of miraculous events that took place just in verses 11 through 13. But what I don't want you to miss, the only role that the children of Israel played in this miraculous events is you highlighted at the very beginning when he said, you crossed. All the children of Israel did was followed through with obedience. All they did was cross over the Jordan. All they did was go in the direction that God had instructed them to do. And as a result of their obedience, what we read is that God does the rest. God says, I gave them into your hand. I sent the hornet before you to bring them out. I gave you the land. I gave you the cities. I gave you a place to live. I gave you all that you are eating. If you notice very quickly, we only see one time what the children of Israel did, and that was be obedient. But the rest of what happened was all that God had done. If you go back and look all the way back to where we started reading today, 17 times you will hear the pronoun I. Referencing God is reminding the children of Israel of his faithfulness. And here's where I want you to get excited because here's what God is reminding you of today. When we are obedient, we hear from his word. God says, I took, I gave, I sent, I plagued, I brought, I did, I destroyed, I was. And this is the message that God is saying. All I want from my children is you to be faithful. I will do the rest. That's it. If you will just step out on faith and cross over on this land that I have dried up, I'm going to do the rest. I just want you to be faithful. When is the last time that God laid something on your heart to do? And it absolutely scared you to death. Church, can I tell you, I have to face that every Sunday morning. The fact that I'm here is when God laid something on my heart that scared me to death. But all I can say is, God is faithful. How many of you in the room can go back to that place where God had given you instruction in your mind, it was met with no way, no how, it's impossible. But by that Seed of a, the mustard seed faith. You took that little bitty step of faith. It wasn't even a big step. It was like from here to here. And you said, God, this is all I got. You know, there's some of you that are super spiritual. And when God tells you to step, you all leaping and everything. Me? No. When God asks me to be faithful a lot of times, it's this. It's like, God, you're going to have to do the rest. God, I'm gonna be faithful. But God, right now, I don't even have the faith in me to take a big leap. 
God, I don't even have a ta- uh, I don't even have it in me to, to make this big hop, this big jump. So God, I'm going to give you what little bit of faith I do have. Because God, in your word, you said, if I would just say yeah to cross, it says that you will do the rest. And maybe that's you today. You can go back to that place where God instructed you to do something. And you met it with no way. And you look back now and maybe it was a year ago. Maybe it was five years ago. Maybe it was 10 years ago. And you look back and you say, oh, but my God was faithful. When I didn't think there was a way. He honored my obedience. And so what Joshua has done, obviously he's relaying the message of God, but but I think not only are they visiting this place of Shechem, but they're also remembering these events of Shechem, if you would. And so Joshua is saying, hey, before we take a step forward, before we move into 2023, what I want us to do is call time out this morning and let's think back on what God has done. Let's think back on 2022. Let's think back on periods of your life, whether it was five years ago, whether it was 20 years ago, and you just see the faithfulness of God. And I believe with everything in me, the reason, the reason that God is reminding the children of Israel of what all he has done is so that it will prepare them for where he's taken them. Because church, I hope with everything in me that in 2023, that we're gonna see people's family life changed by God snatching them out and saying, I'm gonna use you to change the trajectory of your family, of your home. I hope with everything in me that we as a church, that as we face what seems impossible that we're going to, as a family, get to experience Yahweh, Almighty God, part the sea so that we cross on dry land. And I hope with everything in me, I pray with everything in me, that God's gonna give us things to do in 2023 that in our flesh we meet with no way. It won't happen. But the reason I pray that is because I believe that God is faithful. And I believe wherever God leads us, he's going before us. And so with Joshua's taking them back to remind them of all that God has done so he can give them the instruction of what their assignment is as he departs. As he leaves, we're going to look at that next week, but I want to go ahead and sort of set it up in verse 14. Now, therefore, that therefore is because he's saying, look, because God has been faithful up to this point, here's what your assignment is now. Fear the Lord and serve him.
Serving the Lord will come with a cost. Serving the Lord will make us uncomfortable. Serving the Lord will require us to step out on faith. And so Joshua was gonna challenge the children of Israel for the rest of your days. I want you to serve the one who has served you. For the rest of your days, I want you to serve in response to how God Almighty has served you. Because we see that God never stopped serving the children. He then sends his son to pay a debt that they could not pay. He sent his son to pay a debt that you could not pay, to live a life that you could not live. And so church, I believe it's our calling, our mandate to serve him in response to him serving us. And so before we move into 2023, I just want us to take some time this morning to remember where God has brought us from. To remember what God has brought us through. Go to your Shechem and tell him thank you. You know, that would be nothing sweeter to me than to see the natives of this place, that Chestnut Mountain has been home for some 50 years. You started over there. You moved into here. Recognize all that God has done in this place. I was that a little annoying teenager that got on that little bus at Mount Vernon Baptist Church and came to Judgment House. That was me. And so on behalf of my heart, I want to say thank you, Chestnut Mountain, for always being a lighthouse in this community. But I don't believe God's finished. He's calling us to keep, to keep serving because we've been served. So obviously the response this morning is a thankful heart. When's the last time you thanked him for your Shechem? When is the last time that you thanked him for maybe one of those scenarios that we talked about? Or maybe today, you're standing on the side of the Red Sea and it seems impossible. Maybe you just need to fall on your face and say, God, I need, I need you to, to move a mountain. God, I need you to perform a miracle. God, I need you to be the impossible. Or maybe God is asking you today to be obedient in some way, shape, or form. And, and right now you don't even have a, 
You don't even have an ounce of faith to take that step. Just say, God, give me that little bit of faith today. And so as we respond this morning, I I think there's a call here for every single person that's in this room. I don't think anybody's left out this morning. You know, there's those messages you can say, ah, it really wasn't for me. No such luck with what God has shared with the children of Israel. And so do you thank him today? Do you request faith today? Or maybe the impossibility in your life is the fact that you think there's no way there's a God who can love me with what I've done. There's no way there's a God who can forgive me for what I've done. There's no way a God who can set me free from this addiction that I've dove into myself. All I wanna ask you to do today is take that step. Try him. Try him. Let him use you to change the course of your home. Let him use you to change the trajectory of your family. Let him snatch you from the other side of the river. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you made a decision or if you have any questions about salvation or anything about this Christian journey, one of our pastors would love to connect with you. So to connect and find out what your next steps are, go to our website at chestnutmountain.org slash steps, and there will be a form for you to fill out so one of our pastors can connect with you. We also want you to do three things right now. Number one, leave a review on this podcast. Tell us what you think. And also, a review allows us to reach even more people. Number two, subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already so you don't miss an episode during the week. And number three, we want you to go check out our Chestnut Mountain Church YouTube channel. So maybe there's some visuals in this episode that you couldn't see but wanted to see. And that's why we have video versions of these episodes along with other content not featured on this podcast right now on our YouTube channel. Lastly, we invite you to join us live for worship on Sunday mornings in person at 9 o'clock or 1045 a.m. Eastern Standard Time or online at 1045 as well. Learn more about us on our website at chestnutmountain.org. And don't forget to follow us on social at chestnutmtn underscore for more encouragement and to see all what God is doing in and through CMC. We love you, we're praying for you, and we'll see you next time.